0: Welcome to Bravery Trek Run Ashore, a podcast for Bravery Trust in partnership with Content Group. Welcome to another episode of Run Ashore, the podcast that follows this year's route for the Bravery Trust fundraiser, Bravery Trek. I'm Mark Cooper, and thank you for joining me. With the first week well underway we are kick-starting our journey to better understand 12 locations that are significant to the Royal Australian Navy around Sydney Harbour. Today we're joined by Commander Mick Miller who will help us to better understand the history and significance of the former submarine base HMAS Platypus. Mick, good morning. Uh, Good morning Mark, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So Mick, can you share with us a little bit about your background and history? Sure.
1: I've I've been in the Navy for uh, about 30 years now. And over this time, I've seen operational service in the Middle East, East Timor, the Solomon Islands, and undertaking civil maritime security or border protection operations around the coastline of Australia. After I'd served about 20 years, I I took a short break and worked in civilian industry. And uh, my wife and I, we had our family. I then returned to the Navy, Uh, was lucky enough to command a patrol boat undertaking border protection activities, uh, working in a number of interesting roles ashore, uh, including a deployment to the Middle East in 2019, working with the the US forces over there. And again, I've been fortunate enough to be given another command of HMAS Waterhen, which is the Navy's uh, home for the mine warfare and clearance diving capability. Uh, And I've been here since uh, December
0: 2020. (laughs) What a lovely place to work
1: oh i pinch myself every day uh it's hard to have a bad day when you've got harbour views i think
0: <laughs> i bet yes as somebody who worked for a few years with an office looking out over sydney harbour it always amazed me how much the harbour can change you know the colour of the water and uh, the look and feel of the harbour throughout the year
1: oh absolutely that's what i've noticed as well in my time and uh It's such a vibrant harbour. It's always active. There's always something happening, ships moving or or things changing. Just a very special place to to work.
0: Yes, and of course, with the Bravery Trust putting together this Bravery Trek, it's giving people the opportunity to go out and walk around the harbour and enjoy its beauty and to celebrate what the Australian Navy um, does within the harbour, which is a fantastic thing.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I, I would also like to... And my thanks to the Bravery Trust, I think what they do is, is amazing for, for people in need. And also, you're right, it gives people an opportunity to explore those parts of the harbour they may not think about, that it might be tucked away and or they might just see as, uh, as closed off. But this is an opportunity for them to understand their navy,
0: their harbour and what's going on. Yes, and of course, not everybody lives in Sydney. So for those of you who are supporting the trek, whether you are somewhere around Australia or overseas, uh, we really appreciate everything that you're doing to support the organisation and this podcast series. So Mick, can you tell us a little bit about HMAS Platypus? Oh, So HMAS Platypus
1: is uh, it's located on the land of the Camaragal people in Neutral Bay. Uh, so a leafy lower North Shore suburb of Sydney, uh, quite close to the Harbour Bridge. Uh, Platypus itself was was built as a dedicated submarine support base for Australia's fleet of Oberon-class submarines, which we had in service between the 1960s and uh, the 1990s. Uh, she's uh, named in honour of the first HMAS Platypus, which was a submarine depot ship That was in and out of commission with the Australian Navy between 1919 and 1956, during which time she supported J-Class, O-Class and E-Class submarines that were working. They were were generally um, provided by the Royal Navy, but working on the Australian station.
0: Ah, and so when she was operational, Mick, how many staff would have been located at HMA's Platypus? Uh, it,
1: it, It Varied. Well, I mean the six submarines each had a crew of uh around about seventy odd people. Okay. Uh, all the support facilities, the base itself from from its start back in uh in the early sixties, it it grew as
0: the capability grew and I think at its peak it would have had close to a thousand people working on the base. That's a lot of people. And what sort of people would have worked there, Mick? Uh to it was mostly submariners. It really was the focal point
1: our submarine capability during those times. So it had everything from the submarines themselves, it had the maintenance facilities ashore for the submarines, so the engineering workshops set up to to provide that support. There were all the logistics uh, facilities set up for the submarines. It also at one point um, housed the commander of the Australian submarine squadron, who was the operational commander on behalf of Of the Chief of Navy and the Fleet Commander at that time, who would then task the submarines with whatever missions they would go out to do and and his staff. And then there would be the back office type administration, personnel management, uh, medical facilities. Uh, They set up the submarine training school here, which um, provided people with an introduction to submarines as a lot of their training in submarines actually happened at sea. Uh, all those sorts of features all added up to, to finally reaching a, a quite a, a large amount of people working on the base.
0: Okay. And Mick, can you tell us a little bit more about the history of the base?
1: Well, I guess the history of the base really links into the history of submarines in Australia. Uh, so to pass World War II, uh, HMAS Penguin over in Balmoral, which I think is also uh, a subject of a podcast, had been used by the submarines of the Royal Navy's 4th Submarine Squadron and the site that uh, Platypus occupied in Neutral Bay was actually a, a torpedo maintenance facility. Uh, in January 1963, the Royal Navy decided they were going to withdraw the fourth submarine squadron from Australia. And so in response, the Australian government announced it would purchase six Oberon-class submarines from the UK to provide our own submarine capability. While they talked about bringing in these, this new capability in the to- at the time, Uh, they turned their thoughts to where is the best place to locate that. Uh, Penguin, while the fourth fourth submarine squadron of the Royal Navy based itself there, was deemed to be unsuitable because it is quite exposed and because um, Balmoral itself is quite open to the sea uh, uh, as it's directly opposite the heads, Sydney heads. So they started looking for different sites They looked at Neutral Bay, where the the torpedo maintenance facility was, and they looked at it and thought, well, that's a very protected anchorage. Uh, It's been used as a protected anchorage when weather was unsuitable around at Balmoral, and it also had that torpedo maintenance facility, and the availability of of land close to an existing site on a bay well protected from the weather made it an ideal location. Uh, In November 1964, the government announced that that site was going to be the site of the new submarine base. Prior to that, Prior to the torpedo maintenance facility, it was a gas depot between 1877 and 1942, and it was finally uh, commissioned as HMAS Platypus on the 18th of August uh, 1967. And this coincided with the arrival in Australia, in Sydney Harbour, of Australia's first Oberon class submarine, HMAS Oxley. And Oxley was then followed in quick succession by Otway, Ovens, Onslow, Orion, and finally HMAS Satana. Uh, So, as I've mentioned, as well as hosting the six submarine and their crews, it hosted an array of support facilities, including the command of the Australian submarine squadron, engineering workshops, medical facilities and schools and so forth. Uh, The submarines operated from the waterfront uh, on the wharf, I think, is still in place uh, while it's open to the public, and the torpedo workshops were on the southern part of the site. Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, in 1994, the commander of the submarine squadron relocated to HMA Stirling over in Western Australia, ahead of the introduction into service of the new Collins-class submarines, which is our current uh, submarine capability. Uh, Platypus, for a range of reasons, wasn't considered a suitable base, uh, really driven by the size of the base and available space around it, uh, as well as the size of the new submarine itself. So as the Oberon's decommissioned, Uh, The role of platypus eventually reduced and reduced until the final departure of HMAS, Atama and Oxley in March of 1999, and that led to the decommissioning of the base in May uh, 1999. Uh, So now, as I understand, the site's owned by the Sydney Harbour Federation Trust and and open for an array of public use, and I've actually walked through it. It's amazing. Uh, It has a large array of cultural and recreational uses, and if people are in the area, I would encourage them to go down and have a look. It's quite amazing.
0: Yes, and as a Sydney boy myself, I remember being very excited as we were driving down towards Sydney Harbour, and you'd look down, and it was always exciting to catch a glimpse of the submarines either being there at the wharf or coming into or out of the harbour.
1: Yeah, I think it was an important part of the, the fabric of Sydney Harbour at the time, and it was always, I think, important for people to see, see the ships and the, the other assets that uh, the Australian Navy operates, and they see them working, and see them as part of, of the fabric of the community in which they which they sit, and and I think that's true of Platypus, or any of the other bases around Sydney Harbour or around Australia.
0: Yes, and so Mick, are there any other interesting facts that you'd like to share with us about HMAS Platypus?
1: Uh, I guess all, all I really would add, I, I suspect, is um, Platypus was unique in that it was built. To support those particular class of submarines, the Oberon class submarines. So, with many of our bases, when the capability which it originally supported is moved on, we will re-roll and redevelop that base. Platypus, uh, we we chose not to do that, and I think it now serves as a as a particular piece of our history and preserved as in that memory of the history of our submarine squadron. And uh, no, I think it should be acknowledged for the support of provider to. Australian submarine squadron and those members of the silent service over all those years uh, we thank platypus for its service and it's great to see it now in use by the public and the public enjoying that space
0: ah absolutely so once again thank you to commander mick miller for joining us today i know that i've certainly learned a lot about hmas platypus as i'm sure that you have as well if you've enjoyed this episode please do subscribe to the series on your favourite podcast streaming platform. More episodes are available that follow the journey of this year's trek. For the moment, keep working on those kilometres and bye for now. You've been listening to Bravery Trek Run Ashore. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all the latest episodes.